Hey, Rock Talkers. Welcome back to another episode of Rock Talk and the official first episode of 2021. So it's been about maybe three months since I've uploaded my last episode. And you might wonder, hey, where have you been? What's been going on? Well, I have decided to title this episode Relapse. If you follow my Instagram page, rocktalk underscore podcast, I did kind of like a survey um, on what the word relapse means to people. And I did get a lot of feedback. I got a lot of feedback on, um, you know, it could be related specifically to drugs. It could be related specifically to alcohol. The majority did answer that it's basically like a bad habit that you've either overcome or you're uh, trying not to go back to. And I would say that that's, you know, I definitely agree with that. A habit that you've identified and that you don't want to go back to in its entirety. Um, When I think relapse, I think to actually go back to the thing that you had tried to overcome or hoped to overcome, right? So if you think about it in a sense of like drugs, right? Um, Many of you may or may not know that I used to be a drug user. I used to use drugs and at the time meth was my drug of choice. Um, And so if you think about it from a substance abuse perspective, you might think relapse as, okay, I've used again, right? Um, Or if you, um, maybe alcohol, right, might have been your habit or issue that you have tried to overcome, right? So relapse might mean I drank again or, um, but the more that I have learned about how strong the mind is, about how um, how our actions um, are determined by our mindset at the time, right? To just think that we have thought about something before we actually do it. And what I've learned is that, yes, thoughts impact emotion, which impact behavior. Where did I learn that? As I said earlier, uh, this episode is going to be titled Relapse because I, in this time that I've been away, have been experiencing relapse. Now, for me, my relapse or my area of where I don't want to go back to is to let my anger emotion control my behavior. So if I want to summarize that in a way that we'll all understand, is I've been trying to process my anger so that I won't beat somebody's ass. (laughs) I'm just saying that in in kind of like a sense that we could all understand, right? Um, Or that actually, maybe you might not even understand that, but in a way that I'm comfortable expressing myself. So I've had a lot of um, 
anger kind of progressively being built up. And in these last few months, I've been quiet because I know that my words impact. My words are powerful. Uh, my words can affect, you know, either positive or negative. So I have decided that I no longer want my words to um, affect negative situations or project negative situations or call into life negative situations. So I've been very, very mindful and kind of cautious of my words. So during this time that I haven't been kind of active on my podcast, I have been trying to stay active in other areas, but also there's a lot of like self-reflecting going on, a lot of processing for me, um, Raquel. And ultimately I am trying to stay away from my quote unquote relapse uh, of kind of just allowing my emotion to overtake my action and thus giving in to my desire to beat the fuck out of somebody. <laughs> Ooh, sorry. That's just the way it needs to come out. And that's how it came out. Um, but like that, like I talked about, it's like, it's like a progressive progression. And if you think about it, um, the same logic could be applied to like, you know, when you decide to use, whether that's substance abuse or when you decide to drink, whether that's, um, you know, alcohol or, you know, for some people they might struggle with like self-injury, right? Or, um, maybe it's like an eating disorder or whatever your quote unquote relapse or whatever your, I guess, um, sensitive area, harmful issue, harmful behavior, whatever that is, that what's been identified as harmful behavior. Um, we have to acknowledge that there's like, there's a lot of steps before you actually get to that point. And that's the kind of place that I'm trying to like find the courage and find the words to be able to articulate what's been happening um, in that process time. So because I noticed that I was having this like regressive thoughts, regressive feelings, right? Um, uh, I know where I used to be and I kind of started to have a little bit of the same red flags, a little bit of the uh, same thoughts. Uh, and what does that look like for me um, specifically, right? Um, you know, kind of like in my thoughts, right? Uh, being angry, in my thoughts, being uh, pessimistic, in my thoughts, being violent, in my thoughts, being destructive, right? Um, you know, just kind of like, I tend to force myself to think from where I am and what is the worst case scenario or what, you know, what's the fear? Let's just face it up front and kind of like work backwards. So for me personally, my fear is that I would give into my anger and get in my car, drive to a specific place with the intention of beating the fuck out of somebody. Like, I don't know if anyone has ever, you know, struggled with anger or given into anger, 
Um, but it's almost like this, like, you just see red, right? It's almost like you just black out. You don't give a shit about the consequences. You don't give a shit. And so whether that's actually me physically getting in the car and driving to someone's house and I don't care who's there. I don't care if your family's there. I don't care if your kids are there. I don't care uh, who's there, right? But just with like the tunnel vision of me putting my hands on your face until I see blood. I know guys, I'm sorry. I'm kind of, I really am exposing myself <laughs> in that dark, dark side of me. But that's kind of like my um, my fear, right? That's kind of like the beast in front of me that I don't want to uh, give into, right? Um, so typically I tend to like want to bring to surface that fear and then work my way back. Okay, so what happens? What happens if I just give in to the anger? Then, yeah, technically, the person will be sitting there in their own blood, <laughs> technically, but at what expense, right? Like, what if people's kids were there? At what expense? What, uh, you know, what damage or what memories or what scars could that produce in them? Okay, um, what about if the police are called? Okay, I mean, unfortunately that should be my number one fear, but it's like not, but we have to factor that in. That could be a consequence. Um, and it's like in this area of maybe like rage and anger, yeah, technically I could burn the whole building down right? I could even burn down the neighborhood, not literally, but like in my actions, right? I could go and expose people on social media. I could go and, you know, let out my truth. I could go and beat somebody's ass. I can go and ultimately be destructive, which is the feeling, right? To be destructive in this anger. And I might feel completely justified. I might feel completely valid in these points, right? But the end result would still be ashes, right? Yeah, technically I can go and burn the shit down. But me and all other parties included would still be sitting in ashes, right? So it's like, how is that beneficial to anybody? right now uh you know my kids have just you know they have to sit in ashes um other people's kids might have to sit in ashes um it just wouldn't be beneficial in the long run in the short term yeah i would feel better right and and i would be able to show my justification i would be able to show my strength i would be able to show um all these things, right? But in the end, still nobody wins. So because I've like forced myself to think of, okay, what would be the end result? And how could we, how could we apply that to, um, say drugs, right? Like I'm just going to use something that I, um, 
that I'm familiar with. I have a personal experience with, right? Like, yeah, technically I could justify all these reasons why I decide to use again, right? But I had got to a point where it wasn't fun to use anymore, right? Being high wasn't fun, right? Like my, I was losing my mind. I was um, obsessive. I was, um, what's the word? I was, I don't want to necessarily say hysterical, but definitely hysterical um, was part of it. Um, but I was paranoid, uh, all these things, right? And then like the guilt and the shame kind of set in. So did I want to go there? No. Did I want to sit um, in the ashes of beating somebody's ass and seeing them bleed? Like, I know that that's just a temporary sensation. That's just a temporary relief. That's just a temporary satisfaction. So when I started to notice that my thoughts were a little bit different, because we know 2020 has been difficult for a lot of us and 2020 has been difficult for me as well. But for the majority of time, um, I've been able to view things with some sort of positive outcome. And for the things that I didn't necessarily see a positive outcome, I was able to like detach and just write off. So some of the things where I felt like, you know, I had justified anger, right? Or justified negative emotion was towards like Trump, right? For Trump or any of his supporters, I feel and I have felt that there's not going to be like a core resolution, right? We might figure out a way to, um, you know, at least be in the same room together where I don't want to jump on you, right? And scratch your eyes out or whatever and, you know, <laughs> beat the shit out of you. Um, but that necessarily wasn't, you know, um, an area where it, I struggled with, right? and whether it's good or bad on my part, but I just feel like if people were able to support Trump for whatever their reasons, I was just able to detach and be like, okay, you know, I'll let, you know, God handle you. I have no hands-on experience. I don't want to have any hands-on experience and we'll just separately go our ways. And if we end up together in the, you know, in heaven, then great. And if we don't, then I know I'm going there. I don't know about you, but that's an example of what I feel like is justified anger or justified negative emotion, but still being able to like detach from it. Um, other issues is like, um, the black lives matter movement, right? It was, it has been easy for me to say, uh, or ask people in the different relationships that I, that I have, or that I have um, tried to get started, right? It was uh, one of the deal breakers, I would say. Okay, do you support? What are your views on Black Lives Matter? And if the response was all lives matter, then regardless of how you got there, regardless of your views, it was easy for me to just detach and be like, okay, you know, well, you have your view, I have mine, and blah, 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 right? Like, 
we don't have to be a part of be part of each other's lives and i'm not going to waste breath on trying to get you to understand um systemic racism um if you don't see it now in my heart you know i feel like maybe you never will but you know i i'm just hoping that the holy spirit and god does his work on your heart separately than my journey right easy for me to detach from that negative emotion church the church right i feel like an area justified anger justified negative emotion um but you know i've kind of detached myself from that does it stop me from having an opinion with them voicing my um my disapproval or disgust in some senses uh no especially um those churches who are not being responsible when it comes to covid right like this would be a perfect opportunity for me to like socially shame um some of these churches out here who are not being responsible who are from the pulpit teaching right that their faith needs to be more than the covid scare who i have had personal experience with um in you know my family being affected and this would be the perfect opportunity in my opinion right for me to come out and be vocal and to say certain things but in the end right i've weighed out in the end would it be beneficial to um, my family members right would it be beneficial to the people who i love um who maybe are not as vocal and not as um using words wisely not as willing to make a public statement against their church right i'm being mindful of that but am i still able to feel the anger yes am i still able to process the negative emotion yes and it's easy for me to be able to detach but i could say that one area that i've been really struggling with is the area of co-parenting and the area of the ex right and our current family dynamic so that's one area that i can acknowledge that there's some negative emotion there's some anger associated with that but this is one area that i cannot detach from right it's like because um our family unit although different still needs to remain intact in a sense for my kids for my daughters they have to see um some positive and not just negative right but because of my i would say inability to process my current situation specifically regarding to this um i found myself in a bit of relapse right so some of those thoughts have um continued some of those or have restarted i'll say restarted because there was a, a a long time where i was just processing um i was recycling some of those old hurtful um emotions and experiences into a more humanistic and ultimately positive 
emotion and behavior, right? So I was kind of like sitting with the garbage and able to process out something um, hopeful and beautiful and worthwhile. But recently I've had some problems, right? With that. Um, And so that kind of brought me to this whole issue of relapse. And so knowing where I had been and knowing the fear and the desire to never go back to that place, I, you know, did what I have done in the past and I reached out for help. Um, And that help came through Kaiser again. So I con- I've been in contact with Kaiser and they have, uh, they enrolled me into some relapse prevention courses, which were super helpful for me personally. Um, day one of the relapse prevention uh, classes, which is all online, but um, was the warning sign. And I am proud of myself because according to the different you know visual warning signs that you know they displayed and um, shared with us i was pretty early on in the relapse process and so i just kind of want to encourage those who are listening encourage those who are struggling um, just to really like be mindful of where you are in your process Um, think about where you don't want to return or the place that you're trying to prevent yourself from going back or even if you you know have already made it to um kind of ground zero or where you were trying to uh avoid yourself from going and just kind of like work your way back work um on identifying the steps that it took the mental steps that it took for you to get there right like what frustrations were happening in your life what stressors were happening in your life when your thoughts started to change and so i acknowledged that my thoughts started to change and um, for me i knew that your thoughts impact your emotion and therefore impact your behavior um so i was um proud of the fact that i identified that i was pretty early on in my relapse and when i started to feel like i wasn't progressing then um you know healing and well-being is like A roller coaster right it's not just like one trajectory all the way up you go up you go down if you can visualize right you're making some circles and it's not just like a clean uh, break all the way to the top you're gonna have some ups and some downs but um, I noticed that once I started to feel a little down like hold on I needed to um, intervene in some way and therefore I contacted Kaiser. So um, the early warning signs I was able to identify um, and it was a two-week course uh, three times a week and 
day one was like early warning signs. It was perfect. I, I came in and just the right time. And um, this course kind of just cycles. It cycles, same material, same instructor, different people, right? Every two weeks, it just kind of like starts, right? So it's like, uh, if you think about jump rope, right? Like you're just figuring out, okay, when is the right time to come on in, to come on in? And you you know, the, the jump rope is going and the circle and the circle and it based on when you come in, that's when you came in. So my day one into this cycle of relapse prevention was early warning signs. Uh, the second was anger management, which was like perfect, right? Um, so just the different examples of like anger management um, was, you know, stress, right? If you if you break down um, anger, right? Could it be stress? Could it be frustration, fear? Uh, annoyance, disappointment. Um, for me, um, I identified my current hurdle or obstacle was resentment. Um, anger, feeling angry, feeling hurt, feeling rejected, feeling offended. Um, and you know, once we talked about that, I was able to see that that's kind of where I was um, currently at. I won't say stuck in um, because I definitely am moving past that, but that's where I was currently at. Uh, and with with my separation, um, you know, pretty early on after I moved out. Um, I don't know if it was fortunately or unfortunately, um, I kind of found myself in a situationship. And so um, in this situationship with another person, right, I was reminded of, you know, my value and reminded of, um, you know, just kind of my desirability and reminded of the great qualities that I possess and, you know, all those good things, right? Like when you come across a dude or you come across a, a relationship and you're like, reminded of all these positive things. Um, but I can say now that maybe the downfall of that is that I didn't process the natural progression of um, being separated, right? Going through divorce, going through a situation. And so um, I knew that I was able to uh, overcome the separation. I was strong enough to actually, you know, decide to to move and um, to leave the situation with uh, the best intentions in mind for my kids, for myself, for my uh, ex-partner, right? Like in, in hoping that our lives would be able to um, heal and eventually, you know, move on in the next phase of our lives. But I didn't necessarily grieve my previous relationship and because I got into this situationship right I would just kind of like went back into this bliss and it really was it really was uh, a great time like I felt great about myself again I was just reminded um, of the things that you know I felt inside but to have somebody else say hey yeah these actually are great qualities coming out of a situation where you know I doubted myself and you know doubted um, 
my worth and you know just all those things that a failed relationship will bring you but um almost what maybe like a a year later less than a year later um what i'm discovered is that i didn't go through the processes of separation i didn't complete the process of um grieving almost the whole life that i knew right like 25 years of my life um and so now that the you know situationship kind of resolved itself which unfortunately uh didn't end in my favor um but now that that situation is kind of like um gone away um now i am or i was forced to face some of those unhealed areas that um kind of were overshadowed by the happiness i was experiencing with this other situation honestly i feel like there's no right or wrong way in healing in dealing with things i i feel like what we what i need to continue to do and if any advice that i can give to you is just to acknowledge where you are like you as the individual take ownership of your feelings take ownership of your resolutions of your solutions take ownership of okay this is how i'm feeling although external situations may have you know helped create the situation that i'm in ultimately i'm in charge of my feelings ultimately i'm in charge of what i'm going to do next and that's kind of where i was and that's still where i am i'm progressively working towards um being able to continue to use my voice believe it or not the recording cut off at that moment which might have been a little bit of a blessing in disguise um interesting i found myself talking about the situationship that kind of um delayed my um complete cycle of how to properly heal or or what i think um some of what i'm experiencing now is what i was not um able to process or experience back then because i was distracted and I appreciate the awareness that um some of what I'm feeling now, some of this relapse has to actually do with my separation, has to actually do with my divorce, has to actually do with um the initial um hurt, right? And so um and that I'm able to separate um some of this disappointment and resentment and rejection and being offended and hurt um from the actual situationship um and i think that's important but i think that's definitely a topic that we can dig into on another episode but for now um i'd like to continue to talk about how i got to the place of where 
Um, I'm acknowledging where I am <clears throat> and still trying to figure out the best way to use my voice through um, this relapse process or you know different processes that might look similar, right? Um, basically on my downtime of this roller coaster of life. So here we go. And that's progressively where I am today, to where I'm choosing to still use my voice in the midst of what feels like chaos on the inside, in the midst of uh, processing difficult things, in the midst of that internal battle of like what I would consider right and wrong, what um, the urges uh, versus the actual behavior, right? The What I'm um, struggling with and still deciding to use my voice in a positive way. That's kind of where I've been, right? These last three months or going on three months. Um, knowing, right, being able to have the vision of where I know I will be, where I know I can be, and just to take the logical steps and the progressive steps in getting there, being mindful of my triggers, being mindful of my shortcomings, being mindful of my lacking, my negative area. Like, I'm very mindful of who I've been. I'm very mindful of who I can be. And I'm very mindful of who I no longer want to be. And that doesn't mean like just, you know, pretending that I was never consumed by anger. Like I'm trying to process this emotion in a healthy way. And I'm acknowledging that I didn't know how to do that on my own. I had to seek professional help to get to where I am right now. It helps that, you know, I'm I'm seeing that, you know what, there is a lot of things that I've experienced that I've known, but haven't been able to articulate. Um, and I would say that's kind of like the spirit side, right? Like the, that Holy Spirit side, like, okay, this is what it is. This is what I've been trying to figure out this whole time. But to being completely mindful and grounded on where I don't want to go and how I can help myself to not get there in a healthy way to like naturally progress to the next level of, I don't know what it is. I don't know if we should call it maturity. I don't know if we should call it, or if I should call it, um, you know, adulthood or this new found singleness. I, I don't know exactly <laughs> where um, I'm going to end up, but I, absolutely 100% know that I'm 
already on the journey. I've been on the journey to this kind of unknown place um, that's going to provide and going to have access to blessings, that's going to have um, health, you know, physical health, uh, emotional health, uh, spiritual health in the future. Um, and I'm, I'm gradually growing up to that with each step, with each uh, day, with each sometimes feels like strenuous hour. I'm progressively building and working towards this destination that is going to have the positive outcome that I've been working for. I'm not lost in the journey. I want to be mindful of each step that I take, of each hour that I take, of each minute that I take, and knowing that I'm working towards a greater goal, right? Um, what's that goal? I mean, I, I'm assuming that that's going to be different for everyone. But the charge for myself during these last few months, and hopefully, you know, some advice and maybe um, goal for some of you listeners is just to like take inventory of where you are now. Being mindful of how you feel now. What can you control now? What can't you control, right? Like I've it's been hard for me to be able to release things that I can't control. But what I can control are things that I, I can actually affect on a daily basis. I can't control the way my situationship ended. Would I have liked more clarity? Would I have liked more transparency? Would I have liked... Um, more vulnerability. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Like, what the fuck? Can you just tell me what is going on so we can all be clear on what's happening? Yes. But can I control that? No. I can control who I am. I can control the communication that I give. I can control the authenticity that I provide, right? I'm in control of those things. Because I've experienced a failed situation again, another failed relationship, does that mean that I'm just going to be cold and not willing to be who I am in the future? Like, no. I mean, but it, you do have a little bit of reserve. You do adjust and modify, right, to the situation. But ultimately, what I have understood is that I'm in control of my feelings. And I get to decide what I'm going to tolerate, what I'm going to give, what I want to participate in. Um, how I can better myself, how I can better my situation. Those are things that I can control. 
Those are things that I can participate in. Those are things that I could allow positive change for because I'm the driver in that situation. And I wanna encourage you that if you're feeling like you're in a hopeless situation, the external might feel bleak. The external might feel um, like you don't have much control, but you ultimately are in control of your feelings. You ultimately are in charge of how you perceive and the perspective that you decide to have on things. There are some situations that you might feel like you don't have any control. And I don't know every situation. All I can do is share my situation and hope that somebody listening can relate. And there can be some point of if you're experiencing relapse in whatever that means to you, whether, like I said, whether you've reached the point of ground zero that you were trying to stay away from, or you're in the thought process, right? You're kind of like on the journey or in the transition of maybe going towards that point that you've worked so hard to get out of. Just acknowledge where you are and take inventory and realize that you do have more control than you think. You do. I wanna encourage you of your strength. I wanna encourage you of your knowledge. I wanna encourage you of your access to knowledge. If you're not sure, <laughs> I mean, I feel like previously I would have said pray about it, right? But yes, you can pray if that's your jam right now. Um, Google it if that's your jam right now. Uh, reach out to somebody that you know that um, maybe has experienced something or that could encourage you, could encourage you to not give up, to keep going. And so I say, hey sis, where you been for the last three months? Well, I've been struggling. I've been in this process of what I've learned to know as relapse. And I have good reports that I have not given in to the behavior. I have not beat anybody's ass. <laughs> it's so crazy to like say those things out loud, right? Like the, the thoughts that you have in your mind to actually say them out loud. But no, I haven't. Um, but I encourage those of you who are struggling or in process of relapse to be mindful of where you are and to remind you that you have more control than what you might feel right now. And so, like I usually say in some of my episodes, like if you need help, ask for it. Um, all pride aside, all um, usual 
processing mechanisms, right? If you're used to like just suffering silently, um, there's help out there. There is help. And there's a lot of us that are aware of the struggle. So if you can identify somebody in your close circle that might um, help you, or it might be helpful to like talk to, I encourage you to do that. Um, if you don't have anyone in your immediate circle, um, there are places that you can call. If you are a Kaiser member, um, call and ask for support from the um, psychiatric department. If you are a person of faith and are currently in church, right? I mean, if you have somebody that you can relate to and you have somebody that you can rely on, reach out to them. Uh, unfortunately, I can't guarantee that just like in any, in any setting, I'm going to be fair in any setting, you can't guarantee that somebody is going to be able to relate 100% to what you're going through, but go into reaching out for help with the mindset of any little bit helps. If I can learn one new thing that would be helpful. If you want to um, reach out wherever your listening platform, however you're hearing this podcast, if you want to reach out uh, for help, leave a voice message if that's an option. Leave a comment if that's an option. Um, you can reach me at on Instagram at rocktalk, R-A-Q-T-O-C underscore podcast. That's on Instagram. If you're listening through Anchor, you can leave a voice message. That's a link on the profile. Um, on Apple Music, I believe you can leave uh, a comment or if you can find your way to the link on Anchor podcast. I'm willing and able to help find some sort of resource. Uh, I just want you to know that one, you're not alone, and two, um, relapse is an emotional process. It's um, a mental process. There's a lot that happens before you actually take the step of the action that you're trying to avoid. There's a lot of steps that happen. So wherever you are in the process, um, I just wanted to be able to share where I am on the relapse process and the importance of identifying your early warning signs, the importance of identifying your urges, and the importance of identifying the behavior. And you're not alone. And ask for help if you need it. It's taken me a lot of months to be able to just make this episode and to be able to say these things. But 
Thanks for listening. And until the next episode. Hey, Rock Talkers. Thank you for listening to my episode on relapse. It was a little difficult to get started, but once I got the hang of it, um, I was able to talk freely about the actual mental process of relapse. Yes, behavior is um, could be a part of that relapse, but for me, I wanted to highlight the importance of the mental steps before the actual action is taken. So I just encourage you to uh, take inventory on where you are in your thoughts. I would encourage you to practice a little self-control while you're trying to figure out where you are in your thoughts. And just remember that our thoughts can impact our emotion, which can impact our behavior. Thank you again for the encouragement and the support that you guys give to this podcast. Um, I would appreciate continued support. You can hit my Venmo. Um, You can also make donation on the Anchor app. And thank you.